This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you had a good weekend despite the rain. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, the 1st of February. And as always, we've got a roundup of the top stories that have been going on in Kent, starting off with COVID news then and door-to-door testing is going to take place in a part of the county after a case of the South Africa variant was discovered. Now, the person with it hadn't travelled to the country or been in contact with anyone who had, suggesting community transmission, so-called surge testing. Will get underway in the ME15 postcode area from tomorrow. That covers a large area of Maidstone. Well, Ed McConnell has been looking into this story for us. So, Ed, what have we been told so far? So, initially, around lunchtime, um, news started breaking that there have been two uh, cases of the South African variant with no links to the country um, detected in Surrey. Uh, and that as a result of that, they were going to be testing in um, various areas of the country, London. Uh, parts of the Midlands and um, Kent. Uh, it, the story developed quite quickly throughout the day um, and it then transpired that actually there'd been several cases, I think we think around 10 at this point, um, across the country uh, that would suggest kind of community transmission in those areas, which is why they're being taken very, very seriously. Um, the only part of Kent which this affects is the ME15 area, uh, which is um, kind of the south of Maidstone, not the town centre, but parts um, to the south, such as East Farley and Bearstead. Uh, there's been um, one case detected there. Uh, and from tomorrow, uh, authorities such as Kent Police, uh, the fire service, the council, health workers will be um, out on the streets, uh, going door to door, knocking on people's doors and uh, offering them a test, uh, everyone over the age of 16. And that would be a PCR test, which is the kind of uh, swab of your um, nose, I believe. It would then get sent off to a laboratory uh, a couple of hours later, I think. Well, they said it would be a quick turnaround. I'm not, they haven't specified how long, but um, a bit later on, you'll get your results. Um, if COVID's detected, they'll then do further tests to determine uh, exactly what variant of the virus it is. Um, and uh, it, they're hoping by doing this, they'll be able to kind of contain it Uh, stop any kind of outbreaks because there are some concerns that whilst the vaccine is supposed to still be effective against it it might um it might be more transmittable uh and therefore obviously they want to get a handle on it as quickly as possible thanks ever so much ed we've been told similar tests will also be carried out in warsaw hertfordshire and london so far 105 cases of the variant have been identified across the uk you will of course be able to keep updated on this story by heading to kentonline.co.uk elsewhere the nhs says the coronavirus vaccine has now been offered to residents at every eligible care home in england the prime ministers called it a crucial milestone in the race to protect the most vulnerable against the infection. Nadra Ahmed is chair of the Medway-based National Care Association. But of course we've still got learning disability services, people who are being looked after in their own homes that we know will be um, being concentrated on as well. So it is a huge, I mean it's been a challenging time for all providers the anxieties the fears um for us have been immense and faversham mp helen waitley is the social care minister 
have seen the most wonderful scenes if you've been watching them of, of staff of residents. I'm literally in tears of joy uh, because it's been such a dark time and now this is a moment to give them hope and some protection against this tremendously cruel, cruel virus. But some charities are warning the rollout to staff hasn't been so successful. Wendy Ingram is the manager of Cedardale Residential Home in Maidstone. She says some staff haven't been keen on getting the jab. She's spoken to our colleagues at KMTV. Um, at first, a few staff we needed to convince because they had underlying issues and they were concerned, obviously. Um, but like we just explained to them, there's, you know, this is there to protect us, protect our residents. It's the way forward. Um, we was able to speak to GP for guidance. And then we also got um, literature from public health, et cetera, which we could give to the staff. And just support them as much as we could. And nearly 99% of my staff have accepted it. And um, do you hope that this is obviously the pathway to getting visitors back and for residents seeing their loved ones again? Absolutely. We can't be complacent because with, the, with this virus, we just don't know one day to the next what's going to happen. But we can see a light at the end of the tunnel now. And that incorporated with the lateral flow and the PCR testing, the staff have to undergo lateral flow and PCR weekly. Our residents have PCR monthly. Um, so I do believe that there is a way for these families to be reunited with their loved ones and which is something we really want to see happen. Elsewhere, a leisure centre in Tunbridge is going to be turned into Kent's third mass coronavirus vaccination site. There's already one up and running in Folkestone and another is due to open in Gravesend tomorrow. Tunbridge MP Tom Tugendhat is hoping the Angel Centre will be able to deliver thousands of jabs when it launches next week. He's posted a video on his social media. Well, my friends, I have some fantastic news. The Angel Centre in Tunbridge is going to be a mass vaccination centre. Now, this is great. There's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes to make this happen. So a huge, huge, huge thank you to Nicholas Teslop at Tunbridge Morning Borough Council, who's led a fantastic team in achieving this, but also in particular to NHS England who are delivering this. Look, Kent Community Health NHS Foundation Trust have been amazing in uh, getting this to happen. Kent and Medway Clinical Commissioning Group have been fantastic and please there are so many more that I could go into, but of course, all of our GPs who have been so amazing for so long. Now, if you have an appointment with a GP, please still use uh, the Tunbridge Baptist Church or wherever it is that your GP centre is, your primary care network centre is. And for those who are coming up soon, you'll soon have the opportunity to sign up for the Angel Centre if that's more convenient for you, but you can always use your GP. Now, please, as before, don't don't bother your GP too much. I know uh, the temptation is to find out exactly when the appointment will be. Of course, I understand that. But we really must uh, allow GPs to manage this as best they can. Now, we will soon all be vaccinated, I know. And we can, I hope, get back to normal. But look, this is a major, major step in the right direction. Thank you to everybody who has made the Angel Centre happen. And there are calls for Canterbury Cathedral to become a vaccine hub too. The city's MP, Rosie Duffield, says it would make perfect sense and that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, is in favour of the idea. She's urging the county council to speak to them about it. We're being urged not to blame teaching staff in Kent for a mistake which allowed some of them to get a coronavirus vaccine. Health bosses say an error in an online booking system meant school workers were able to make an appointment for the jab at Canterbury Cricket Ground over the weekend. 
Teachers say they weren't trying to lie or jump the queue as they believed it was genuine. And as the mass vaccination programme against coronavirus continues, one man has contacted the Kent Online podcast after falling victim to a scam. Robin Sainsbury is 61 and lives in Folkestone. He received an email offering him the chance to get the jab. This is what happened. It was basically... um... Headed with with the blue, you know, with the blue NHS icon at the top, and uh, <laughs> it did look official because it had um, case number and and things like that, and it did look very um, very convincing. Did it ask for any um, personal details, any bank details, or anything like that? Been- well, it did. It asked for, it asked for the bank details. It said the the injection is free. And but there will be a small administrative charge for booking fees, and I thought, well, perhaps that perhaps that's right. I don't really know, and so I put the bank details in. But I should have, uh, you know. Again, I was excited to actually get the uh, get the news about getting the jab. Um, I went and put all my details in the um, in the boxes provided. And I sh- alarm bells should have been ringing because they asked for my um, a, a, a account number and sort code. Now you don't that that is um, a dead giveaway that it's uh, that things are not right. But I was carried along with it, and so I've I've done the rest of it. <laughs> I filled out the rest of it and just got on with it, and I thought. That was that was basically it. The window shut down and it was gone. And I thought, oh, perhaps I'll get the confirmation soon. No, no. And that was it. That, that's how I started to think I have been well and truly had here, you know. And so um, I tried to make inroads to try and find out more about the email itself. But there was nothing on the page. There was nothing in the header on it as well for the uh, account information. It gave a bogus email address. But whilst I was actually looking at it, it disappeared. I have never seen an email actually disappear from your actual inbox before. Never seen it done. I heard heard later on that they do make uh, emails so that they sort of virtually destroy themselves. Well, the County Council has previously warned about scam emails and the NHS say they will never ask for bank details. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. An update now to a story that was breaking as we were putting the podcast together on Friday, a fire at Napier Barracks in Folkestone. This is the facility being used to house hundreds of asylum seekers at the moment and there have been several protests over conditions there. Well, so far we know 14 people have been arrested and one man is due in court. New figures show staff at Dartford and Gravesham NHS Trust experienced more abuse last year than at any other trust in the county. Workers reported 678 incidents. That's an average of 56 a month and included violent and aggressive behaviour. The 
Trust says it's set up a no-excuse for abuse campaign. There's a real concern about flooding in parts of Kent at the moment. Experts say heavy rain over the last week has combined with a period of spring tides with river levels remaining high. Areas around Maidstone, Ashford, Canterbury, Thanet, Dartford and Sheppey could be at risk. Now, it's the start of Children's Mental Health Week and we're all being reminded of the importance of good mental health in young people. The theme this year is Express Yourself with the charity Place to Be, encouraging children in Kent to take part in creative activities to communicate their emotions. I've been chatting to Stuart Collins, who's the Director of Integrated Children's Services at Kent County Council. We've heard a lot in the media about um, young people or about emotional health and wellbeing being an issue where you're not alone and make sure that you get talking, whether that's your parents, your friends, to kind of trusted um, professionals, trusted individuals. That that network of support is really key. Um, and sometimes parents, I'm a parent myself, sometimes young people want to talk to somebody who isn't their dad. Um, and, and we've got to respect and understand that as well. Um, but I do think that consistency and consistency and not pressure being placed on young people is a really important message and also that they feel that they are able to talk on on their terms um, and and it, and that parents are not judgmental about that or that professionals are not judgmental about that they give young people the opportunity to express how they're feeling and don't and really don't dismiss that because I think that if a young person comes to you and says I'm concerned about this saying oh no don't it'll be fine is really not going to help it's about understanding giving people the space coming maybe coming back to an issue kind of reflecting on it coming back to how you kind of develop those discussions but also giving young people the confidence um and 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 being able to say i, I don't know the answer to that but there are um there are issues on, or there are places online where you can go and look for that. Maybe we could do that together. Maybe we can explore some of that. The Resilience Hub's got lots of resources that kind of are around emotional health and wellbeing. So you think, here's something that we can do together. Here's an exercise that we can explore. Here is um, a, a different way of approaching that conversation. So as I said, there's a platform for young people. There's also a platform for parents. And so for parents to look on there and say, okay, this gives me a different way of asking that same question in a way that perhaps is not threatening, in a, in a way that's much more, um, allows reflection, much more open to a response. Kent Online reports. The Kent Grandad has taken part in a groundbreaking study that could allow people with an aggressive form of cancer to have longer with their families. Tony Smith from Headcorn suffers from mesothelioma, which is linked to breathing in asbestos fibres. He took part in a trial where patients were given an immunotherapy drug, proving it increases survival and makes the disease more stable. There are plans to add another 400 homes to a development at the former RAF Westmoreland site at Kings Hill. Three and a half thousand properties have already been built since the project began in 1990, along with three schools, shops, parks and community facilities. Now the company behind it have acquired four more areas of land and want to create new apartments. The man in charge of a Russian submarine moored in the River Medway hopes to turn it into a popular tourist attraction. John Sutton is in the process of renovating the decades-old relic, so one day we might be able to explore it for ourselves. 
The U-475 Black Widow Soviet sub has been in the spotlight more than a few times, starring in rap videos, PlayStation ads and the Jude Law movie Black Sea. Well, it's been described as the next level up from glamping. A sleeping pod where you can see the stars has been installed at a Kent hotel. The bubble, which gives stargazers the chance to admire the night sky from their bed, is the latest addition to Hotel Lush in Canterbury. The site was taken over by new owners last summer. And a Kent teacher has made it through to the next round of The Voice. If you missed it over the weekend, Andrew Baitup from Tunbridge Wells impressed the judges by singing Michael Bolton's How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? He's joined Ollie Merz's team. Kent Online Sport. Football and it was a good point for Gillingham at the weekend. It finished 2 all against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light on Saturday. The result means the Jules remain in 12th place in the League One table. Here's boss Steve Evans. We can do nothing about their first goals, you know, nothing. It's a wicked deflection. Sometimes it works for you, sometimes it goes against you. Today against us, the second goal, this is a good referee, a championship referee, someone I trust implicitly. He's had a bad day at the office today, hasn't he? He's been poor today. When they're holding on at 2-1, they're thinking, we'll take this because we've been outplayed today for long spells. We've rode a lot. We've had a penalty that's never a penalty. There's a lot of things in the favour, and it's a big club to come to. It's a great place to come and play football. But I never doubted her point, uh, 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 us ability to get a point. I never doubted the players. We've got some big characters in that dressing some real leaders, some fighters, some lads that never give up. And that's as a management team, we'll, if the... We played to 95 minutes, we fight to 95 and 98 and 98 and then you, you shake hands. But the backroom team at Sunderland knew the, the words at the end, it's a late goal, but you left two here. And that's a good, couple of good performances now to take into that big game against Lincoln on Friday. Yeah, of course, we're worried about people we've had to bring off today. Carl Dempsey comes off feeling his calf, Callum Slattery comes off feeling his groin. Um, you know, they're big things for us. Um, but we're, we're already here, we can't fill a bench today, as you know, because we're chopping players. We've only got Christian McGoma back at home, who's trained for two or three days post-rolling an ankle, so that's the only one we've got. Um, Jacob Mellis is, is now out, Henry's out and gone out and loan, so um, we're really limited numbers. So we, we really need to do some business before 11 o'clock on Monday night. And Gillingham are back in action on Friday when they take on Lincoln City. Thanks ever so much for listening today. Don't forget, you can keep up to date at kentonline.co.uk and by subscribing to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.